0: I'm Alexander Badgett, and you're listening to The Bankster Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the fascinating and ever more consequential world of central banking. On February 3rd, Janet Yellen will walk out of the Federal Reserve for the last time as chairwoman of the most important financial institution in the world. Hers was a career of firsts, but in an uncomfortable ending to a term as chair, she is not alone. In fact, exactly 70 years to the day, February the 3rd, 1948, Mariner Eccles ended his term as chair of the Federal Reserve. As I was rereading about Eccles' experience this past week, I couldn't help but see striking parallels to the end of Janet Yellen's incredible term as chair. So for today's episode, I'm going to share a dramatic reading of a few pages from the biography of Mariner Eccles, written by Sidney Hyde. On Thursday, January 22nd, 1948, nine days before Mariner's term as chairman of the Board of Governors was to expire, he received a telephone call from John Steelman. Could the two get together that day? Mariner explained that he was due to be at an important meeting of the National Advisory Council, but would come to the White House the next day. All right, said Steelman,
1: but don't make it any later than that. On that
0: Friday, Steelman greeted Mariner in a friendly way and, after a brief chat about general economic conditions, came to the point.
1: The president has given me a very unpleasant assignment. I am to inform you that he is not going to redesignate you as chairman of the Board of Governors, but he told me to be sure you understood that he wants you to stay on as a member of the board.
0: Mariner was dumbfounded.
2: The president has a right to designate any man he wants as chairman
0: he said when he finally regained his power of speech
2: but when i saw him at christmas time he in no way indicated that i would not be designated why did he wait until 9 days before my term was up what's back of this
1: mariner believe me i don't know what this is all about steelman replied few people stand as high in the white house as you do this is much as of a surprise to me as it is to you and i have told you all i know he added that the matter was not subject to reconsideration.
0: The president, however, would be willing to see Mariner anytime he wished. When Mariner asked for the earliest possible appointment, Steelman at once called Truman's secretary, and an appointment was set at the White House for 1030 the next morning. When I saw the president, Mariner later recalled, It was
2: obvious that he had been influenced to make a distasteful and embarrassing decision. Our meeting was an ordeal for him and for me. I assured him that I knew better than most people that the relationship between a president and a chairman of the board of governors is an intimate one. That, recognizing this, I had offered to resign in 1945 so that he could fill the post with a man of his own choice. I therefore did not question the decision that had been conveyed to me, but I would be subhuman if I did not show some interest in finding out what had happened since I last saw him shortly before Christmas." I observed that if he had advised me in December that he wanted to designate someone else as chairman of the board, I would have had a decent interval in which to resign from the board of governors and announce that I was not a candidate for redesignation as chairman. In this way, I could have saved all parties painful embarrassment, but to submit such a resignation just a few days before my term was due to end would create an impression that I had failed at my job and was being asked to resign. The president responded by saying that when I saw him in December, he had not thought about the matter. As for the action he later decided to take, it had nothing whatever to do with me. He wanted me to stay on the board and would designate me as its vice chairman if I would agree. If there was some other position in the government service I wanted that was available, he would be glad to give it to me. He had every confidence in me and completely approved of my actions and those taken by the Board of Governors during my chairmanship. He said several times, Please, stay and help me. I need your help. What, then, is behind this change? I asked him. Once again, he repeated that the change was for reasons that had nothing to do with me, but were best known to himself alone. It was clear that he did not want me to know what lay behind his action. Any further questioning would serve no purpose except to prolong the unhappy interview. I told him at last that I did not know whether it would be possible for me to remain on the board, since the whole turn of events had taken me by surprise. I would need time to get my bearings again. The President, for some reason, was anxious to have my reply as promptly as possible, and it was arranged for me to see him again on the following Tuesday, January 27th. I would give him my answer at that time. There have been times in my life when I felt cut off from all human contact, but never as completely and painfully as on the three days following this call at the White House. I knew that the decision of a president not to redesignate an incumbent to a government post was not the end of the republic. It is an incident of the moment that is quickly absorbed and forgotten in the tidal ebb and flow of American life. Yet, when you are that official, holding a non-political office for 14 years, you feel yourself thrust naked into public view with all eyes turned in your direction for an explanation.
0: Mariner did not think of himself as wedded to public office, and he was indifferent to the glamour of high places. He had stayed on in Washington at President Roosevelt's request— in order to push for reformist measures, and he had stayed on at President Truman's request in order to complete tasks in hand. As a leading actor since 1934 in the struggle to govern the nation, he never sought nor secured any unwarranted personal gain from the policies he advocated. He was ambitious for power, but it was for the power to discharge his official responsibilities. Meanwhile, he had paid a heavy personal price for the years he spent in Washington— his marriage was headed for the divorce course, and though he had always been a concerned father, he had little time for his children. They had come of age at a distance from him. Any divorce carries with it a sense of defeat, and so does any gulf that arises between a parent and children. But Mariner's inward loneliness on these counts was now made all the more acute by his inability to account for what lay behind the White House decision. In his business enterprises and in his approach to public problems, he had always been confident that if he probed deep beneath surface appearances, he could perceive cause and effect. But in this event, everything was shrouded in fog. Nameless and faceless forces wanted him out of the way for indeterminable reasons. All I knew, so Mariner later recalled,
2: is what my instincts told me. President Truman had been brought under... Great political pressure by certain interests that wanted me out as chairman and off the board, and the same interests thought that if I were not redesignated as chairman, I would promptly resign from the board. My instincts further told me that the president was in earnest when he said that he wanted me to continue in government service. He could satisfy those who were bringing pressure on him by not redesignating me as chairman and he could satisfy his own desires by urging that I remain on the board.
0: The range of choices Mariner faced was equally bleak. If he resigned as a member of the board, though his appointment still had ten more years to run, he would immediately satisfy his wounded pride, but he would give currency to a public impression that he had failed in the discharge of his duties. If he remained on the board, he would have to swallow his pride and accept a subordinate place in an institution he had revolutionized. It was a painful prospect. For the greater part of his adult life, Mariner had always been the number one man at the head of the table of any enterprise with which he was associated. Still, if he was prepared to go along with the president's proposal, he could on all probability get a letter from Truman stating the substance of their Saturday conversation in the White House. So, on the advice of friends and several Senate leaders, he took into his confidence, including Senators Robert Taft and Arthur Vandenberg, And after no small personal convulsion, Mariner swallowed his pride. On Tuesday morning, January 27th, he called on President Truman to say that he would remain on the board, but asked that the shift be announced through an exchange of letters. One from the president would be along the lines Mariner had in mind. The other from Mariner would contain an expressed willingness to remain on the board in the capacity of vice chairman, as Truman had suggested. The president quickly assented to the arrangement. Final texts were prepared at the White House, and the exchanges were made before Mariner left there that morning. With Truman's consent, he called on Charles Ross, the president's press secretary, and turned the letters over to him. "'For heaven's sake, Mariner,' Ross explained when he read the texts handed to him. "'What's happened? I couldn't be more surprised. This is a mistake.' "'I wish I knew what's back of this,' said Mariner. "'But I
3: don't. The letters will have to speak for themselves.'
0: The letter's read,
3: Dear Mr. Eccles, Shortly after I became president, you offered to resign as chairman of the board of governors of the Federal Reserve System and said it was your feeling that the chairman, who was designated by the president, should serve at his pleasure. I told you then, and on other occasions, that there was no one I desired to appoint in your place. You will have completed your present term as chairman on February 1. Your appointment as a member of the board, continuing until 1958, as I explained to you last week, it is now my preference to appoint a new member of the board to fill the vacancy created by the death of Vice Chairman Ransom, and, when confirmed by the Senate, to designate him as chairman. This decision, as I assured you, reflects no lack of complete confidence in you or dissatisfaction in any respect with your public service or disagreement on monetary or debt management policies or with official actions taken by the board under your chairmanship. All who are familiar with your record recognize your devotion to the public welfare and the constructiveness that has characterized your leadership in the Federal Reserve System. Therefore, I urged you to remain as a member of the board and to accept the vice chairmanship so that the benefit of your long experience and judgment will continue to be available and so that you may carry forward legislative proposals now pending in Congress dealing with the important problems of bank credit as outlined in the president's economic report to Congress, as well as with other matters in the interest of a sound banking system and a sound economy. Sincerely yours, Harry S. Truman. My dear Mr. President,
2: You have stated in your complimentary letter the substance of your conversation of last week. As I advised you then, I desired to have time to consider fully your decision and request. I have not altered my conviction that the chairman of this board should serve at the pleasure of the president, and I sought to have such a provision included in the Banking Act of 1935. I have carefully considered your request. After consultation with close friends and associates on the board, and because of the reasons mentioned in your letter, I have decided to remain with the board in the capacity you suggest. Respectfully yours, M.S. Eccles. Chairman.
0: When Mariner decided to remain on the board, he anticipated a scornful public reaction upon the release of the news. It would be said, he thought, that he was just another time server, with no independent life of his own and with not enough dignity to get out of Washington when his services were no longer wanted by the administration. He particularly expected this from the financial and business community, whom he had enraged by his various stands over the years on public issues. Spokesmen from, for that community would lend their voices to a chorus of regret, sounding in the press and in Congress that he had not s- seen fit to resign at that time. Public reaction to the news, however, was the exact opposite of what Mariner expected. Old and implacable adversaries made common cause with old and steadfast friends in resounding praise of his governmental career and of his willingness to stay on under humbling conditions. The many kind things that were said helped helped after the face of the event from a defeat to a triumph of the spirit. It was brought home to Mariner, as never before, that his strenuous efforts on one or another front of public policy in the preceding years were not without effect. At a White House press conference following the release of the Truman-Eccles letters, the president was sharply questioned about the changes that had been announced, but None of his answers satisfied the reporter's. In the absence of anything better, it was said that Mariner had at last proved to be... Too much for Wall Street to swallow. And that? The president at last bowed before banker pressure. In the same breath, it was said that by... Insisting on balanced budget and tighter credit policies, Eccles had forsaken his earlier position in the New Deal years and had gone over to the camp of the reactionaries. The president was alleged to be annoyed by his consorting with Republicans like Toby, Taft, and Vandenberg. And Eccles was supposed to have caused the administration considerable political embarrassment by implying that it had a full share of responsibility for failing to curb inflationary developments. Mariner continued to remain in the dark as to which, if any, of these reason seemed the more valid explanation of what had happened. Other political obligations might call for payoffs in the form of jobs, but in this instance, no one wanted the job for himself, and especially not in the 1948 presidential election year, when all the signs seemed to indicate that the Republicans would win the election in November. In fact, one of the White House aides who was assigned the task of finding a new chairman of the Board of Governors confided it to Mariner that he had been repeatedly turned down by the likely candidates he approached. As for the nameless people who wanted Mariner removed, none came forward with substitute candidates. All they wanted was to get Mariner out. The mysteries deepened as President Truman failed to follow through on his suggestion that Mariner be appointed vice chairman of the Federal Reserve Board. The same sources that were behind the original decision may have reasoned that if the vice chairmanship was withheld, Mariner would feel compelled to get off the board, as he was supposed to have done in January. On April 16th, two and a half months after the offer of the vice chairmanship had been made, by which time Thomas McCabe had been chosen as chairman, Mariner sent Truman a letter saying that he wished to have his name withdrawn from consideration as vice chairman, The president refused to accept the letter because he said he still meant to go ahead with the original understanding. But when nothing of the sort happened in the next month and a half, Mariner again wrote to the president and asked to have his name withdrawn, adding that he would continue to serve as a member of the Board of Governors. This time, the letter was accepted. Mariner did not need a title to make his influence felt on the Board of Governors. Wherever he sat as an ordinary board member was the head of the table. As always, I can be reached for comments, feedback, or questions on Twitter or via my website, www.thebanksterpodcast.com. Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Alexander Badgett. Thanks to all of you for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Bankster
1: Podcast.